0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for listening once again. Coming to you from Riyadh on Thursday, the 24th of February, where, as you might expect, given that I'm in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, it's bright sunshine and blue skies. You don't really want to hear that. You want to hear the important news from the UK first off, and that is the worst-kept secret in British horse racing has come to fruition, and that is that Newmarket trainer Hugo Palmer, dual classic-winning trainer Hugo Palmer, will make the move from his... Um, Kremlin Cottage base in Newmarket to the northwest to Michael Owen's purpose-built uh, manor house stables that has been at the base of Tom Dascombe's string for the last decade or so. Uh, Hugo joins me now. Um, Hugo, I said it's the worst-kept secret, but uh, you've had a few I's to dot and T's to cross. You can confirm the move this morning.
1: <laughs> yes i can confirm the move uh nick and it, yes look a, wor- a worst kept secret but um people had it uh people had it all signed sealed and delivered um when i I'd, I'd been there for 20 minutes to have a look at the yard um at the beginning of january so there's been a huge thought process and, and working everything out in between times uh but um i'm enormously excited to be able to to announce today and as is michael that um that this is this is what's happening going forward
0: it is a pretty massive move for you. You know, you've trained two classic winners, English classic winner in Galileo Gold, and Irish classic winner in Covert Love from your, your base in Newmarket. You had a good season last year. The obvious question is, why would you why would you leave that behind?
1: Well, I don't think I am leaving it behind, Nick. I think I'm taking everything that we do um, to, uh, to a, a private training establishment, um, which, as you said in your, in your opening, is perfect, purpose-built. Um, it's a magnificent facility, um, and it's a wonderful opportunity for me, for my career, for my family. Um, it's a gorgeous part of the world to live in, um, and, and I'm enormously, enormously excited about it. And you know, I really feel that we're going to be able to um, do everything that we've done in Newmarket um, even better uh there with our with our own facilities um and it's just it's just a wonderful opportunity
0: so when you were weighing up the pros and cons what was it that tipped the balance what what was it about this opportunity that suited you particularly at this moment in time
1: i think ultimately what it was that tipped the balance was um could i face the personal upheaval of um of moving house and everything which is something i hadn't really intended to do until until i retired um and the longer I weighed it up, that you know, the, the only reason it came to my mind not to do it was that it seemed a little bit too much like hard work, and that isn't a good enough reason to do anything. Um, it's uh, it's a, you know we're gonna we're gonna train a large number of horses up there, which is um, which is something I'm extremely excited about doing. Um, the last time we had uh, we have about 140 horses to start with, which is the same number we had when uh, when we won the Guineas, of Galileo Gold, and and had. Um, by some way, our best season, um, but we're taking the um, the majority of our horses with us. Um, taking seventy five percent of the horses that that we've got that we've had here. Um, when I started uh, talking to my owners about it, seventy five percent of the horses are coming with me, which I'm enormously grateful and and uh, and touched by by the support of so many of of my owners and. Um, and I really believe we're going to be able to, to have enormous success for them up there, which I think is very exciting. All
0: right, so to, is that idea of sort of building a powerhouse stable again? So it's a three figure stable getting towards 150 horses, which is sort of the, the number you're likely to have. Was that a, was that a big draw? The, the idea that you need that kind of volume in order to compete at the level you want to be at rather than chipping away at that kind of middle to upper level?
1: yes i think there's certainly a, a, a huge degree of that nick um you know we we had as you said a a good year last year ever winner, ever river um was a group 1 winner which was our our first for um for 5 years um and we, you know we had i think just over 56% individual winners to runners which was a larger percentage than than any other trainer in the country um, that ran, I think, forty horses or more. Anyone anyone who had a higher percentage ran less than forty individual horses last year, um, and I just think that's that's something that comes down to the way we've done things and the attention to detail that that we can take to Cheshire, and and even still with all of that. Um, we were 27th in the, in the, in the trainer's table. But when we had 100, I think it was 138 horses we had the year that Galileo Gold won the guineas. Uh, we finished, you know, his exploits um, helped us to finish ninth in the, in the trainer's table. And, you know, I, anyone who trains horses is, is, is competitive. And, you know, I, that's, I want to be, further up the trainer's table, I want to win more races, I want to do better for my owners, um, and and that's what, what drives me, and I think that's what drives a lot of trainers. And this isn't a move that, to be honest, um, I'd ever, re- ever even considered. I don't think you ever, I think any trainer thinks, oh, well, we'll do this for a bit and then, and then move elsewhere. I suppose, you know, the Hong Kong option possibly crosses some people's minds, but, um, you know, th- this is something that, that Michael... You know, he he asked me. Actually, I, I, I turned it down twice um, before before finally accepting to um, to do the job. And um, it's it's just a, you know the more the longer I thought about it, the the better better an opportunity it seemed. And, and as I said, you know, I'm I'm enormously excited about it.
0: So are your good two olds from last year going to go with you? Do legend Ebro River hierarchy? Are they all are they all heading up up to the northwest?
1: yes their their owners have um have, have have given me assurances that they that they are uh dubawi legend um and and uh and uh, ebra river um i think uh, will probably be among the very first to move i think we'll probably take them um to wolverhampton on the way up and, and have a race course gallop um dubawi legend the, the intention is to go straight to the guineas um i don't think he needs uh, a trial and uh, my plan, provided, um, I haven't asked Michael Prosser yet, but provided he's good enough to allow me to do what we do with Galileo Gold, um, I expect that he will, he will work um, at the Craven meeting um, on, the, on the Rowley Mile as, as a prep for the Guineas.
0: OK, and what about Ebro River? Would he be a Commonwealth Cup uh, sort of route? Is that the way he's going to go?
1: I mean, I mean the, the Guineas entries are made on, uh, I think, Tuesday next week. And um, unless... Sheikh Joanne has a real desire for him to to try the Guineas route, which certainly hasn't come to me yet. Um, But, you know, unless that is a missive that that, 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 that comes to me on, on the entries morning, he won't actually be entered in the Guineas. Um, i think he's very much um very much a sprinter we tried 7 furlongs twice last year the first time was was a moderate success when he was third in the national um and the second time was a you know was a, a, a notable failure uh when he when he was I think seventh or maybe even last in the uh, Jean-Luc Lagardère. Um So I don't think stepping him up a trip is the thing. Um, he's in extraordinary form. He's grown considerably for a horse who made his maiden uh, majors debut i think he actually won his maiden in april um he's a big big horse now he he weighs considerably over 500 kilograms still um which when you bear in mind his his father weighed 481 kilograms the day he won the guineas um so he's a big horse and um all power and speed his dam is closely related to slave power um galileo gold's Dam is a half sister to Gold Dream, who of course won the King Stand. And you say Commonwealth Cup route. I think sprinting route is is the most likely route he goes. Um and I hope I'm not saying something stupid here, but I think it is still open to three year olds. But it wouldn't surprise me if we went Sandy Lane if we went pavilion Sand- pavilion sandy lane and then and then King Stand. Rather perhaps than, um, than than Commonwealth Cup. Just in the back of my mind, I'm conscious that um, the Ascot six furlongs is probably the world's stiffest six furlongs, or certainly the stiffest six furlongs you can run a Group One over. Um, it's stiffer than the Curra. And he did get the six furlongs at the Curra very well that day. But Ascot is stiffer still, still and he just looks physically. Like he's got more muscular, and he might have got faster from two to three.
0: Okay, so lots of nice horses to take up to the move, and plenty to inherit as well. Uh, Hugo, when do you expect to send your first runner out from Manor House?
1: That's a very good question because I think um, well, we're gonna we're gonna move Cheltenham week, um, so just under three weeks time. Um, Michael has been making some preparations to make sure everything's perfect for for, for when we arrive, um, and. The, uh, but I suspect that the um, the runners that are going to run for the next couple of weeks um, after the move will run from Newmarket and then come home um, to uh, to Manor House. Um, we've got a, a filly heading out to France for a listed race um, in Chantilly Week, and I expect she she will leave from Kremlin Cottage and return to Manor House. Um, and uh, no man runs today at Newcastle, so if he can run a nice race today, he might well go to the Spring Mile uh, at Doncaster, which would just be um 10 days after the move so again he might he might head to donkster so so it's a little bit difficult to say when the first manor house runners will be and obviously um you know i've got my horses here um that are completely inside my head and and i know them inside out um but it will take take a, a week or two just for me to to work out exactly where where i am with the horses that i'm inheriting
0: Trainer Hugo Palmer there confirming his move to Manor House Stables and the creation of a sort of northern powerhouse of 150 horses potentially at Michael Owen's base. Now here in Riyadh, no doubt about the star of the show, it's Mishrif, the defending champ in the Saudi Cup. He would be the horse that would have won more prize money than any other thoroughbred in history if he wins the race he's going to have to contend with the widest stall of all when we did the draw last night he came out 14 of 14. I caught up with his trainer Thady Gosden this morning and uh, put it to him that that needed to all be behind him now he had to concentrate on the job and would the horse be up to it?
2: Uh, you know you'd, you'd be hopeful it's obviously 14 to 14 is not ideal at all but it's we'd rather be out there than right down on the rail so we've got to look at the benefits the pros of this um he was drawn 12 of 14 last year and he managed to overcome that so uh, the pressure's on David. <laughs> He's one of these horses that, you know, he's, he's sailed through his life just winning loads of races, but not sort
0: of being massively in the spotlight. This week, it's really all about him. Are you feeling that a bit?
2: Yeah, very much so. You know, obviously, he's a horse that's owned by uh, Prince Faisal, who's, who's from Saudi Arabia, of course. And He's a horse that obviously attracted a lot of public attention last year. It was wonderful to see after the race how much you know celebration there was, how much streaming there was down the straight for him. And, um, you know, you're, you're very much aware that he's, he's sort of the horse that people here almost want to win and hopefully he'll be able to deliver that
0: are you feeling that are you feeling the pressure
2: well you know Nick. if you don't feel pressure i guess it's probably time to give up (laughs) (laughs) um, you've only just started exactly yeah yeah what are you trying to say (laughs) (laughs) but no um definitely definitely a little bit but you know we've got a wonderful team out here very experienced and the horse settles in here well and he enjoys it and he seems to thrive on his traveling it's very straightforward and you just have to try and get on with it, and um, and hopefully does a good quick of himself on the day. How
0: do you read the competition relative
2: to last year? I'd say it's a deeper field than last year, you know. Last year, there were a couple of horses. He had, obviously, those big uh, American heavyweight dirt horses, Nitzko and it's going charlatan in there. And they were pretty, pretty tough nuts to track. This year, I think there's horses from all over the world who are presenting pretty serious challenges. And there's a local horse here. There's a Japanese horse, is, T O T and So I watched a replay of his last run. It he looks like, good, doesn't it? like he jumped into the furlong pole. I mean, oof. I'm not sure the ones behind him are like, but... I guess we'll find out and obviously you know you have the american dirt horse come over who this is their game and they come out of a warm climate over there and, and have had prep races and a, a bang on for this so we'll have to see i mean do, can you do anything at home to try and you know
0: counterbalance the, the the fact that you're coming from not freezing cold but a coldish winter in england to a to
2: a warmish climate here you know you um obviously keep them well i definitely keep them warm but there's not a lot you can do. Fortunately, you can see. I'm sure you can see the difference between the colts and the geldings out here in the Phillies. But,
0: but Mischief's coat is amazing.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's even warm in the winter, and um, the colts obviously the testosterone helps their coats, and they stay a bit glossier. And they don't. A lot of them don't tend to rough off as much. And he's a really example of that. And when he stands next to the other horse over here, Roving, you can really tell the difference between the gelding and him. Um, you know, you just have to try and try and play to the strengths you have and. Best shot, really. Yeah, you're running Herobian on the undercard. Do you give him any shot? I think, you know, he's he's been training well. He's enjoying it out here. But obviously, he's towards the bottom end of the ratings. Um, he seems to be in good form at the moment. But then, you know, we're taking on proper proven route one horses, such as Driver who all thrive over the mile two and a half. Um, so he has to be realistic about his chances. But, you know, he's also drawn very wide, <laughs> which isn't ideal. But... Uh, Hopefully he gives it gives a good show. Well,
0: the draw's not been kind to you, but this place has been kind to you the last couple of years. Lady, good luck. Thanks a lot, Nick. And of course, if there's one UK horse that people are looking forward to seeing on the turf, it's Pile Driver, the Coronation Cup winner. Martin Dwyer not only the rider of Pile Driver this week; he's the trainer, the assistant trainer, the groom, just about everything. He's a man of well, I was going to say many
3: talents, but many jobs. Anyway, I wouldn't go that far, Nick. I'm more the communications manager, so I'm just communicating with William back home. Uh, He's overseeing the training, but uh, all, at the moment, everything is great, and uh, he looks fantastic. Where's Chris Grassick? Um, he's busy as well, he's, um, but I don't think he'd have got a visa in time, because William, literally before he flew out, did a test and was positive, so he's self-isolating, and Chris is running the yard, so it's up to me. I was here on my own. How are you getting on? <laughs> That's all right, it's great. Like I say, I'm just communicating with William. Jetta, who looks after the horse, rides him every day, doing a great job. The horse looks fantastic, so... Uh, if we do manage to win, I think I I can claim I'll claim victory as trainer as well He's getting plenty of attention He's getting lots of international attention as well He's really captured the imagination, this horse Do you think this track will will suit him? he would be fine on the track He'll go on any track, you know He's won Ascot York, he's won on sharp tracks Galloping tracks Um, I've galloped him on the turf this morning The turf's in terrific condition It's a fantastic track, Um, the draw's a bit of an issue I'm drawing 14 Which isn't ideal, but what can you do you've got to play the cards you're dealt alright so how do you play it then? I don't know obviously I don't want to come from last and I don't want to burn up too much petrol to get a prominent position but the best thing to do is to not make a plan and just react to what's happening when the gates open do you reflect on Hong Kong and think mm, could have left it a bit longer no not actually no I was, I, was, I was willing to make the run in Hong Kong if I needed to um, and I changed plans as it unfolded and two went off in front and they actually went very very slow and um the french horse was absolutely cantering behind me and um i kicked when i turned in and um that was what i decided to do and live or die by he wasn't stopping at the line i think a better horse just beat him on the day and it was a terrific run from him the winner had great form and um he's improved again i think personally from hong kong he's settled into settled into saudi that was his first trip abroad and I think he's taken it this time a bit better so fingers crossed
0: William made a big play of that he thought he really would improve for the, for the one travelling experience and that's what the guys are saying here
3: yeah do you know what it's a big, it's a big difference when you take a horse like this um, he's running all his racing in the UK and then the first time you go abroad it's a big eye opener for the horse and when you meet you come up against opposition that are used to travelling and being around the world, it's a big difference, you know. He had a lot to learn, but I think he's learned from it and I think he's improved. Martin, best of luck. Thank you very much. Well,
0: it's amazing who you run into here in uh, Riyadh. Look who it is. It's, It's our friend Jane Mangan has popped up here in the desert. How are you enjoying it?
4: I'm here in my natural habitat, as you can imagine. The sun is coming up and my skin is already feeling it. It's going to be a good day here.
0: So you flew in at what time?
4: I think we landed in around 2.30am and we didn't, go, we didn't go to sleep because why would you? You're in Riyadh, you may as well make it count. What do you make of it? So far I've seen very little. I've come from the hotel to the track and the track is fabulous. It's so new and everything is pristine. I'm seeing all the right people around the place, characters make a good story, you know.
0: So just in terms of, of this week for you, what does, it, what does it hold? What are your commitments?
4: For me, a lot of it is a learning curve. Obviously, I haven't been outside Europe in a racing capacity, so I want to see what these horses are capable of, what makes them different, and what makes them win in Riyadh. That's probably... I think I'm going to learn a lot here.
0: I mean, uh, do you do you like the idea of racing more around the world, Jay? I mean, you and I talk about UK and Irish racing on a, an almost daily basis, but are you, are you sort of trying to broaden the horizons a bit?
4: if you want a sport to thrive you have to think big and an international racing scene is what we should all strive for you were only mentioning that with the australian sprinters coming to royal ascot and the middle east is a burgeoning racing nation we've known that for a long time and i think saudi is probably it's only his third year here in the saudi cup in Riyadh. this is getting big
0: what do you think about mishra's chance to defend his crown from stall 14 he drew last night 14 of 14 he was 12 last year
4: He was wide last year. This is a little bit more difficult. Probably the race is a bit deeper as well. But if he can reproduce his Judmont International form, he won't be far away.
0: And it is an incredibly long straight for a a track of this configuration.
4: Yeah, often when I'm sitting at home watching the Breeders' Cup, I'm frustrated at how short they come from the bend to the line and you can be a little bit unlucky in running. I don't think there's going to be any excuses here.
0: Yeah, this is almost too long for some of the Americans, isn't it?
4: It was last
0: year. Yeah, for charlatan last year. Bob Baffert has country grammar this time. Mandaloon, Midnight, Bourbon and Art Collects completing the American tingent. Uh, Jane Mangan is here. And uh, she might have only landed at 2 o'clock and had no sleep. But it hasn't, um, it hasn't cost you the gift of the gap.
4: Fresh as a daisy.
0: Always. Well, the great thing about the Saudi Cup is it brings together horses from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different countries, racing on turf, dirt. The Wizard of Eye is a fascinating runner in the Saudi Derby this year. And the story of his ownership might be one of the most extraordinary in in global bloodstock really oliver humphrey's one of the co-owners of this horse and can can tell me a little bit more oliver for you and your family this is a kind of ridiculous journey and you don't really have a racing background tell me how it all began no so we don't have racing background at all um so no we sell sort of prestige cars
5: lorries um anything with wheels really and uh, obviously one day stan rung up on one of the cars we had for sale we sort of arranged to take the car down to him. Uh, he had put on a barbecue and um, you know, a few glasses of
0: champagne and we walked away with a horse and uh, he kept the car. I mean, it's serious opportunism on the part of Stan Moore. You're not even local. You're based up in East Anglia. He's down Lambourne way. So no, yeah, it's about uh, sort of three, three and a half hours to
5: get there. Um, no, we didn't, we didn't ever imagine we'd be driving away sort of with a horse, no. The first time he came third at Salisbury, then he won at Newbury. And then we've, we've been out to France a couple of times with him and now it's been really, really good. And why the Wizard of Eye? Why is he called the Wizard of Eye? Uh, so my grandfather, um, who's with us here we, we sort of all you know the grandkids and what all call him the wizard and we live in a place called I so we just thought you know it's a
0: play on the wizard of Oz and the wizard of I and it means something to all of us so and, and has the game grabbed you I mean having a horse like this has taken on you on that many adventures it's pretty amazing and it's an extraordinary story but has racing sort of gripped the whole family now no we do we all love it and obviously you know coming out here it gets us away from work and out to France in the summer which was lovely and you you sort of very modestly say you sell a few cars I mean this is a this is a massive business you run isn't it yes yeah, so no there's about
5: 150 members of staff um, we, we do you know all the painting as well the repairs and you know the Formula One paint helicopters which are above the Olympics so no sort of a- a- anything with whales and selling fixing servicing mm. the full the full monty
0: because you're involved with the mclaren formula one team is that right yeah we do we do a lot of painting for the mclaren formula one as well so you've got a bit of experience of, of top class sport and top class sporting events you're up here in riyadh today the sun shining down you're being royally entertained how are you finding the experience
5: no it's been brilliant you know once, once we got here it's been brilliant and uh, everyone's looking after us really well and the hotel is lovely
0: really really nice and there's something kind of old school about the idea that you swapped a, a horse for a car I think I think Stan reckons you got the better deal. <laughs> no, I think we like a deal and so does Stan, so uh, we're all happy. And are you, ho- are you hopeful that he can actually give a bold showing? He can run well. What kind of vibes are you getting?
5: No, very, very hopeful. He, he came down the straight in about sort of three strides just then, so no,
0: that was really exciting. Good man. Well, wish you all the very best, Oliver. Thanks so much for talking to Thank you, Nick. Thank you. you. Well, one of the great features of the Saudi Cup uh, festival as it is now over the inaugural three years has been the International Jockeys Challenge and uh, Prince Bandar who whose idea this was was very keen to have a, a female jockeys team showcasing the best of female riding talent in the world uh, nowhere is that better exemplified than in Jessica Pfeiffer who's just scooped the Eclipse Award for uh, champion apprentice in the in the U.S. and is with me now Jess, um, just first of all I mean congratulations on the Eclipse Award that must have been some night at Santa Anita your home track as well.
6: Yeah, it was an amazing experience. It's something I set as my goal in the very beginning and I'm just so blessed and lucky to be able to achieve that goal and hopefully um, start breaking barriers in the U.S. with women in, in racing.
0: I mean, just for, for those uh, listeners internationally, just just give us an idea of how quickly this has, has happened for you, where, where it started and how far it's come.
6: Yeah, I started racing a year and a half ago and now I'm champion apprentice jockey in the U.S. It's kind of ridiculous. And yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. um, traveling to Saudi Arabia to ride in this prestigious event. So I'm just so thankful and um, so lucky to be able to ride with the best in the world. And, and
0: uh, aside from obvious natural talent and ability in the saddle, how would you say you've managed to succeed where others haven't in your in your world?
6: really just the connections I've made over my lifespan. Um, Growing up in Southern California, my stepdad being a popular trainer there really just the connections that I made with owners and trainers and um, they're kind of like family to me so I think those connections as well as just working hard um, working really hard in the mornings in the afternoon and showing people that um, I can work as hard as most people
4: and
0: you just sort of feel comfortable in the environment you feel like it's where you belong
6: yeah, it is where I belong. Southern California has been amazing to me and um, just so thankful for all the time that I've had.
0: So you've got this uh, Eclipse Award as champion apprentice. What's the next step? What's your ultimate ambition? Do you, need to, do you need to branch out into other big, big sort of jockeys colonies?
6: Yeah, I think just doing what I've done for the last year and a half, um, winning as many races I, as I can and seeing what opportunities follow from that.
0: How are you enjoying your trip to Riyadh so far?
6: It's amazing. We've been treated so well here and um, getting on the track this afternoon and can't wait for tomorrow's festivities.
0: Uh, Michelle Yu, who knows you well, has just uh, dropped by. She can't, can't keep herself out of the limelight. Um, Michelle, what, what sets Jess apart, do you think, from your perspective?
6: Um, I think what helps her really is she gets a horse to settle super nicely. So if you have a horse that is maybe keyed up um, under the lights or with the crowd or whatever, Jess has really great hands. She's an excellent horsewoman. You see her out in the morning, she's a very, very hard worker. I'd say she's one of the hardest working riders at Santa Anita. Always out in the morning and she's not just, oh I have to go work a horse. If you need, you're like, hey Jess, will you come jog one, gallop one? Absolutely. She's always there. Um, So I think they have to appreciate that. Especially when you're coming to a new place, you're getting on new horses and doing new things. You want a a rider that can ride right there's some riders that can race ride but maybe couldn't sit on a horse and take a trail ride and jess is that person that can do both of those also just coming from california you have that natural speed and anytime you can utilize that to your advantage i think in foreign places um that's always helpful
0: all right so looking forward to friday are you are you well mounted friday do you
6: think I hope so. I'm going to go you know th- much? Um, I know a little bit. I've talked to the ha- handicappers and um, actually horses have a lot of speed here. So I'm hoping to use that to my advantage. Good luck. Thank you.
0: Jessica Pfeiffer, uh, champion apprentice rider in the United States. And uh, Michelle Yu. Well, thanks to Jess, to Martin, to Thady, to all my guests today. Best of luck to Hugo Palmer in his new role as trainer at Manor House Stables, which was confirmed on this podcast this morning. Who do we leave it to today on this rather unconventional show to provide you with the tip? Well, who should be beside me at none other than Nick Luck Daly's very own Tom Stanley Daly. Tom, the tip for today.
5: This is unconventional, isn't it? Um, turning our attention to jumps racing, Uh, I'm going to go for Pilsdon Penn, who um, is still a fair enough price, I thought. Um, It's due to be £5 higher for future engagements. Don't think it's the the strongest race, this handicap hurdle. Conditions should suit, and um, the yard are going along nicely. So it's Pilsdon Penn for me, Nick, at Huntingdon, all the way from Saudi.
0: Huntingdon in the one o'clock.
5: Yes, I should say what time the race is, shouldn't I? It's
0: one o'clock, GMT.
5: One o'clock, GMT, three hours behind us fantastic tom stanley there
0: thank you very much to tom thank you very much for listening Uh, we will be right back to do it all over again tomorrow we'll see you then and nick luck daily's coverage of the saudi cup has been brought to you by hba media distributing media rights throughout the world of the leading horse racing events including royal ascot melbourne cup the breeders cup the saudi cup and the pegasus world cup